Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Hi, this is Alara. Welcome back to our podcast. Our podcast release date for this one is the 12th of April. A person who spends a good chunk of their regular life in the finance universe, which for me includes a lot of bookkeeping and tax type content. So the April 15 income tax filing deadline is usually a time of great relief. It's the moment where tax people can finally go to bed at night without the last four months worth of anticipatory dread that you know you'll experience when the alarm goes off the next morning. This year, our lawmakers in all of their glory have decided to give us a month's extension of that craziness, though not the calculation of first quarter estimates, mind you. Those will still have to calculate it at the original frantic pace. But this tax extension to May 17th is both very much welcomed and very much dreaded by some of us. And it also means that the tax preparers of America are still in purgatory for a while. But taxes are supposed to be all about generating enough income to keep the government running and to maintain a quality of life for its citizens. So I try to remember that as I prepare other people's tax forms and my own. We have it pretty good here compared to what life is like in some places. So I'll keep trying to grit my teeth and smile when I fill out my 1040 this year. The news in our society is also focused on money a lot because of the stimulus that all the big guns here and abroad are putting into place. Whether or not you feel that it's for a good reason, all of that has to come from somewhere. Yes, we can print more, but it ends up that's not quite as good a solution as it sounds like when you're in the fourth grade and having a Saturday night Monopoly fest. The stimulus is only a topic now because the economy itself is pretty much front and center news no matter where you live on the planet. It has been all year so far, and all last year, and hopefully not all the rest of this year and the next one, but I'm not holding out a lot of hope that we'll settle anytime soon. But for whatever reason, there's an awful lot of talk of money for almost everyone these days. In one way, shape, or form, everyone has many of the same issues. How do I make an income and a living? How do I make enough to pay the expenses that I have? And very often now, How do I either make more of the income part or cut down on the expenses part? Because the gap between the top number and the bottom number isn't as big as I need it to be. Or sometimes, because the difference between the two numbers is written in red ink. And for those of you not in the accounting universe, red numbers are usually bad and they represent negative amounts. Not good at all. Over the last five years of filming, we've talked to an awful lot of people in agriculture. That category includes people who deal with the conceptual and technical stuff, scientists and researchers and authors and organizational people. But most often that's the people on the ground that do the actual nitty-gritty husbandry part. Often the sciencey people are also the nitty-gritty people, by the way, but they're all people who have to go through the day-to-day part of our agricultural production system. Whether you're producing a plant or animal for food or fiber or transportation, You have some recurring fundamental decisions in your daily life, no matter what you raise. How do I protect and contain this organism with fencing or shelter? How do I nurture it with food or water or nutrients? 
How do I harvest what I grow? And how do I market it so I can earn enough money to keep doing what I do? In other words, how do I make this thing economically viable? Because no matter how much I love what I do, I'd better figure out how to make a living here. If I don't, I'm going to be gone within a year or two, and it will be gone too. Here's Temple Grandin talking about that particular thing. It has to be economically viable to be sustainable. That's one of the pillars of sustainability. Because people can't afford to raise all these animals just for fun. And here's Dugan Tillman Brown of Firefly Farms. Saving a breed a forkful at a time is absolutely critical to getting their numbers up. Because if there's no market, if someone won't eat an animal, then they're a pet. And pets of this size are very expensive. So the only way to get more people interested in keeping them is to have a market. So one of the biggest recurring fundamental decisions you make as a farmer or rancher is this. What do I keep and what do I discard? What am I going to cull? Okay, let me stop here for a minute. Culling sounds bad right out of the gate. When most people think about the word, visions of slaughterhouses stream through their heads calling deer, calling any herd in general. And my mental picture of this process was definitely no different initially, but it has kind of expanded to where I've kind of trained myself to get rid of most of the immediate bloody associations with that word. Sometimes calling is bloody, but sometimes it's not. Wikipedia is not the end-all gospel of the factual universe, but they had what I thought was a pretty good explanation of the various parts of calling, so I'll summarize that page here. As always, though, I hope you find out more on your own or follow the links we supply on our intro page for more information. But here's what it says, mostly abridged. In biology, culling is the process of segregating organisms from a group according to desired or undesired characteristics. In animal breeding, it's the process of removing or segregating animals from a breeding stock based on a specific trait. For livestock and wildlife, it's often done to solve a problem, like scarcity of food or an outbreak of disease. In vegetables, culling is the sorting or segregation of produce into marketable lots. The word culling comes from the Latin colligere, pardon my pronunciation, meaning to collect. It's to sort one bigger group into two groups, one that will be kept and one that will be rejected. The culling process is repeated until the selected group is of proper size and consistency desired. That's Wikipedia. So here's Hank Will. Exactly. So the selection, it's the selection, and it's brutal to select. I mean, I, people don't like to have to select because they fall in love with their little critters. Or, or it's, it's like a stock certificate, you know, so if, if you're looking at it as dollars, and you're culling, you know, you got to find a market for the culls. You don't call them culls, but, or you got to send them to the sale barn and take a hit, you know, so. So culling can mean you're sorted. Maybe you're not up to snuff and you're going on the truck to the processor very definitely. It might also mean you have a disease that could be deadly to the rest of the herd and you're either going to go in quarantine or you're going to be euthanized, isolated, and destroyed. And it could mean that you'll stay on the farm as usual, but you're not going to be one of those that contributes genetics in the future, at least in this place. If you're a male colt, you might be used for riding, but gilded. 
If you're a calf, you might be hamburger in a few years, but in the meantime, you're going to have a slight adjustment in your life, and you're not going out with the other big guys in the bull pasture. And if you're a sheep, you might end up going on the truck to freezer camp this spring. Last month, we went up to Shepherd's Lane for lambing season, which is an eye-opening experience if you've never seen what lambing is all about. That was where one of my big lessons in practical sheep management came in, and it's one of those things that's kind of hard to see. It's the time where the proof is in the pudding, and all of your hard work and time come to fruition. Is the lamb healthy and strong? Did the genetics do what you hoped they might? Did the ewe take good care of her baby? Or do that stupid thing again which caused you to have to exert way too much effort to get her acceptor baby eventually? Was this her third strike if she had some other fantastic traits? Or maybe her second and final strike if she didn't have enough good things to balance out the bad? The margins are slimmer on a farm than they might be in other circumstances. And you're making decisions that'll carry forward in your genetic lines for generations. Your leeway for faults had better reflect that. It's survival of the fittest on the farm in springtime. The whole idea of culling came home to roost this week for us here at Backyard Green Films. It became very, very personal in a hurry. And though we've sympathized with the farmers and the ranchers and the agriculturists we met over the last five years, we can say that now we empathize in a way we didn't before. We can relate. Here's why. All of you know that we're in the final stages of the Holstein Dilemma, our documentary film on heritage breed animals. It has taken five glorious and exhausting and, frankly, rather expensive years, but we're pretty much done. Not just with the film part, because a good chunk of the work is just starting after the camera's turned off in the last location shoot. We might do a podcast extra in the future on some of the parts of that process, but for now, just know that in addition to the actual edit of that footage, you have tons of pesky little technicalities of post-production that have to be put together. And after you get all of that done for the thing you're going to put on the screen somewhere, you then put it through a legal review for all the rights and permissions and insurance so you don't get your fanny sued when someone doesn't agree with what you have hoped is an informative, unbiased take on an issue, or if you missed a footnote somewhere. After all that and more, then you can think about distribution. Distribution sounds like a big word, and it kind of is. How are people actually going to see this thing? You can make movies all day long, but if no one hears about it or sees it, you might as well have not made it at all. Distribution is a big, big deal, and it can make or break you. And it's not cheap, either. You usually have to pay a company to market your film for you, so that adds to your upfront costs in production. And then, consider that the success you have in selling is not just getting some of the money back that you invested in the project in the first place. It's the thing that just might determine how much of this thing you do in the future. How seriously people take you as a media production company. Can you actually finish what you started? Did you do it within your budget? Is it interesting enough that someone wants to watch it? And then, the infrastructure investment. That monetary compensation you hopefully get for selling your film is often the basis for the funding of the next movie you might want to make. It's how a studio might help to fund the next film, and if you're an independent studio without the word dream or light in your name, funding for this film, let alone the next, can be kind of undependable and unpredictable. After all of that, 
Assuming you recoup your costs, you're really, really lucky if there's no red on the bottom line after everything is calculated. Probably goes without saying that paying yourself for your time and effort is usually the last thing that might happen. If you're a farmer or a rancher or a fiber person and you're listening to this, I'll ask you of all of that stuff I just mentioned sounds familiar. Working at a primary job at something like bookkeeping or sales or IT to pay for your second job raising horses or sheep or crops. If that's you, you're not alone. Because as we talk to people across the country, we found that it's a more common thing than not. The margins just aren't there in the ag universe for most people anyway. You can't usually make it on just farming. If you raise horses, it's usually a whole new level of unprofitability, but that's another podcast. As we record this today, I'm sure Rick might have had to start and stop periodically as I may have gotten too emotional, and that's because I'm going to come back to the concept of culling and how it applies to our own little world here at Backyard Green Films. Rick and I have spent five long, exhausting, yet exhilarating years putting something together. A labor of love. It might not be a big deal to other people, and some people might not like it at all, but for us... This idea germinated five years ago. It was put together with our love of film and soil and farming and animals. We jumped in because of a family history that included agriculture, a joy of putting our hands in soil, and an appreciation for the dedication it takes to keep livestock and crops alive. It was a legacy and a remembrance of my father and mother and of Rick's. It came from our love of travel and a fierce joy in learning new things a rabid belief in the need and value of biodiversity for all of us. This film of ours was born of all of those things, and we've nurtured it through some pretty intense storms. Although our marriage is about as solid as anyone's I can ever think of, sometimes things got a bit bumpy between us as we struggled to do our regular jobs and then come back to the things we needed to do to move forward on this film. The goal was always the same thing for both of us, but sometimes we disagreed on the process or how best to get to the end of the road. And the last part was often the hardest. It's when you're the most tired from all the work that came before and have the least amount of resources left to deal with the things that come up. Sometimes those resources are time and sometimes money and sometimes it's just plain exhaustion. Now we've given birth And this completed film is in our hands and ready for the world to see. And we have a quandary. We've been preparing for the distribution step for months now and looking at distribution methodologies that might be available. And we have one avenue that potentially might be really, really big for us. Not necessarily monetarily, although we really hope that comes with it. (laughs) We'd love to break even before we're 80 after all. But... If we're very, very lucky, it could mean that people across the country would have the chance to see this film, depending on where it might get picked up. A chance to learn about this concept of heritage breeds that's so important to us. And to bring attention to the people who are working so hard in the trenches to preserve not only those endangered animals, but the small farm model in agriculture altogether. It's the goal we've been working toward and an opportunity for visibility in a way we had hoped for but didn't think would arrive. But this opportunity for economic return and visibility and validation comes with a cost. 
The Holstein Dilemma, Backyard Green Film's master cut, is of an average length of time for a film. It's about an hour and a half, not including the credits. We're not a Marvel movie, but the credits are really important in our opinion, so we try to keep them interesting. But any film over an hour is really, really hard to sell if you're trying to get it shown on broadcast television. Most channels want no more than 56 minutes, top to bottom. That's it. So you have a choice if you want a chance of getting picked up somewhere. You have to cut. To edit what you keep and what you don't. To call. It took us a long time to get the Holstein Dilemma down to where it is now. We've interviewed hundreds of people and no doubt have thousands of hours of footage by now. We started the first cut at about four hours <laughs> through blood, sweat, and tears and got it down to 90 minutes. A painful 90 minutes. It has to flow after all. So if you cut too much, it's a lot of information that seems squished and hurried. So we did our best to cut a smooth story and tell the important parts, keep what we could, and still come out with the thing we needed to do what we wanted to do. Our final film is at 90 minutes, and I'm proud of that. This week was really, really tough, but we now have a 56-minute cut, thanks to Rick and his new ulcer. I don't know if we will have a buyer when we bring it to market, or if anyone will value it as we do, but it's ready. We hope to have news for you within the next few months as to whether or not those in the broadcast universe decided they wanted to take it home too, and we'll keep you posted. But as for this thorny problem of culling the things that you worked so hard for, the farmers and ranchers and scientists we've spoken with have this issue too. What will I keep and what will I toss? What are the things that are most important to carry forward? I have to remain economically viable, so I have to choose. The decision often comes at the point when you're most vulnerable and most tired. At the end, when you've given birth and you finally see the product that you've worked for all this time, you choose what will carry you forward. I keep thinking of my first experience in lambing up at Shepherd's Lane and the decisions for the future of the stock on the farm that are made at the point of birth. What to carry forward and what not to. Keep or cull. And like lambing, it's often a grueling, bloody, and glorious moment. But hopefully, the decisions you make in that moment, for the good of the few or for the good of the many, hard as they may be, make the summer and fall and winter and spring all the more glorious. Hi, this is Rick here, and usually you don't hear much from me. But let me just say that both the shorter and the longer versions are still going to be available. We'll have the longer one up on our website for sale as soon as the DVDs are back from the duplication company. And of course, we'll update you if the 56-minute version gets picked up for broadcast TV. Alara and I both have our fingers crossed. We'll talk to you next week with another adventure. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening.
You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for more upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions, all rights reserved, copyright 2021.